0: I'm Callie Crossley, and this is an encore edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. We call this part of the show "Lanya." that's Creole, or something extra. The CBD industry rakes in billions of dollars in revenue and has a major footprint in the alternative medicine community. You can find it in just about anything, from your daily latte to hand lotion. Short for cannabidiol, CBD is a compound from the cannabis plant that will not get you high, but offers calming effects that can even reduce pain. But how effective is it really? Some researchers are skeptical of CBD working as a cure-all for health conditions and warn that it might not work as marketed. So what does the science say, and just how accurate is the use of CBD as a health remedy? In this Encore episode, we spoke with Dr. Kevin Hill, an addiction psychiatrist, director of the Division of Addiction Psychiatry at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, and associate professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. He is also the author of Marijuana, the Unbiased Truth About the World's Most Popular Weed. And Malika Jones, the co-founder of Brown Girl Jane, a Black woman-owned company that offers broad-spectrum CBD products. She was named one of the most powerful women of 2020 by Entrepreneur Magazine. Well, I'm happy to have both of you. Um, CBD is everywhere now, and uh, we thought we need to talk about it in a little bit more focused way because I'm like everybody else, I think, or many people. I just don't know as much as I should know. I know it's out there. I know people are talking about it. I know many people are touting it as effective. And I also know that the CBD market reached 4.6 billion in sales in 2020, which is a massive number just two years after the substance was federally legalized. So, Dr. Hill, I'll start with you you're coming from a medical perspective Tell me about
1: CBD as far as its effectiveness is concerned for you. Sure so you know as you mentioned at the top uh, CBD or cannabidiol is one of hundreds of chemicals within the cannabis plant and there are about 140 cannabinoids that are specific to the cannabis plant and CBD is one of those. CBD is a very exciting cannabinoid it has considerable promise. Unfortunately, one of the issues that we're running into now is that a lot of the marketing for CBD extends far beyond the science. So CBD, one particular formulation of it was FDA approved in 2018 for the treatment of three types of seizure disorders. But the reality is that probably 95% or greater of the CBD that people are using is not that formulation and it's not regulated by the FDA. And with that come a host of issues, and those issues are related to the risk.
0: Now, uh, just to be clear, with when you have the one that is approved by the FDA, I'm assuming that's higher dosage, very, very specific to those seizures. Outside of that, where other people are making determinations based on um, I guess, other other research that they know about, or just, you know, sort of educated guesses, uh, is the amount of CBD anywhere close to what would be, for example, in that drug that has been approved by the FDA?
1: Well, you raise a great question, Callie, there, because CBD is a complex chemical that operates in a variety of different ways. It has multiple mechanisms of action, and it functions by interfacing with a host of different receptors. And so those receptors have different effects and the doses needed to affect those receptors differs widely. Uh, And so the doses, as you mentioned, for seizures are in the hundreds and most of the other effects of CBD require similar doses or high doses. And so that's one of the issues that a lot of folks are using CBD, and they may be using five or 10 milligrams, and it's at a dose that's far too low to have the sort of effects that they're hoping for. And in fact,
0: uh, CBD is being studied right now as a treatment for conditions that include Parkinson's, schizophrenia, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, anxiety, and of course, pain, as I mentioned at the top. And Malaika, I'm going to guess that uh, for a number of your consumers, they first find you and your products because of pain.
2: You know, it's interesting. I think that um, a lot of our consumers find us for, really, I think the number one issue is um, stress relief. Hmm. And so one of the things that we've found that CBD is wonderful for is, is bringing your body closer to homeostasis, back to alignment. And, you know, we know that, that affects everything from stress to um, the ability to sleep, et cetera. And so, I think, um, especially these days, folks are finding themselves, uh, you know, feeling out of whack. So, our consumers really tell us that it has been most helpful with anxiety, stress relief, and and sleep.
0: So, I want to uh, emphasize that your company called Brown Girl Jane is a black woman-owned wellness company with uh, CBD as a main product and, as we've said, offers a broad spectrum of products. But a little bit about yourself, you didn't come to this just sort of Um, willy-nilly. You watched your mom be involved in ways that made you think, hmm, are there alternative ways to address wellness or health issues? Uh, So talk a little bit about how you came to CBD.
2: Absolutely. I, my, my professional career was spent worlds away from um, the wellness and beauty industry. I spent most of my uh, career at J.P. Morgan as a managing director in bond trading. And so I, you know, went along in, in my career thinking I was doing everything right and just achieving these goals and pushing myself. And one day realized that I had no plan for my own wellness. I was confronting a lot of the challenges I think Um, a lot of women are confronting these days, lack of balance, a little bit of anxiety. And certain after the birth of my third child, experienced um, a back injury that led to a significant amount of pain. And the traditional route of pharmaceuticals was not one that I wanted to explore too deeply. And so started researching um, holistic and natural remedies and you know, found out about CBD and, and started digging into the research and really wanted to um, create the sort of company and the sort of brand that I wish I had while I was going about in the world and, and pouring into other people, but the sort of um, collection that would allow people to center themselves and find solutions for everyday problems. And so that that was a kind of a roundabout way to me, me finding myself in this industry. But what we found is that the brand and, and the products have really resonated with people who need these everyday solutions to their life. And CBD is one of those hero ingredients for us that really is amazing because it's ingestible. Um, it has topical benefits, including the pain relief. And so it's really, you know, as Dr. Hill has, has alluded to, a dynamic plant.
0: Now, one of the things you pride yourself on in your products is that about the purity of the product. This is one of the things that uh, Dr. Hill has hinted at, and I'm sure we'll say more about in a minute, is that you don't know, looking at all the products that are out there, uh, unless you look very carefully about a both the amount of CBD in any product and its purity, frankly. So people have to be careful.
2: Absolutely. There's, there is there is an education threshold. And, you know, it's a new industry, so you have all sorts of players who have entered it, you know, without the same sort of ethical standards. Um, You know, Brown Girl Jane, everything is organically grown. Um, Lab results, fourth party lab results are are easily found on the website. But we know that that kind of um, research is is new to a lot of consumers who are looking for a solution. So it does require education, which is why, you know, we've tried to weave that into how how we talk about the collection, how we talk about the community and solutions.
0: So, Dr. Hill, um, I'm going to ask Malika the same question, but back to you. Why is there more interest in CBD
1: now, do you think, coming from your perspective? I think people are suffering, and people are always looking for ways to feel better. And particularly during COVID, the last couple of years have been very challenging for a variety of reasons for just about everybody. And so they're looking for ways to feel better, and there is, I'd say, an overall distrust with most FDA approved medications. And some of that is justifiable, some of it's not. But uh, I think people want to feel better. And this is a way that a lot of people have felt better. And and I would just say, I think that's very reasonable. But it is important to note that as we're having more and more people use CBD, and some of them are having great experiences with it, we're also learning more about the risks. And I, I think we have to be careful about how we go about doing this. So what risks would you want to raise uh, that you think are important for people to know about? Well, you mentioned this and Malaika alluded to it too in her fourth party testing that there was a 2017 study that showed that only 30% of commercially available CBD products were accurately labeled. So you do have to do your due diligence and you have to hope that you're working with a reputable company. Beyond that, there have been studies that have shown liver problems with people who use the the doses that are effective for seizures, so doses in the hundreds of milligrams. Uh, My group, we published a paper uh, in 2021, about a year ago, that showed that CBD has drug-drug interactions. So most of the patients that I treat take multiple medications. And so I think my overarching piece of advice would be that if you're interested in using CBD or you're already using it, please, please talk to your doctor or your nurse practitioner or whoever you work with regarding your health and make sure they know that you're taking it so that they can have an informed conversation with you about what the risks and benefits truly are for your clinical picture.
0: Now, just to put a little underscore on what you just said, drug-drug interaction is a problem no matter what drug you're taking. So you're this is not a focus per se on just CBD. You're saying, as a matter of course, if you are about to embark on taking uh, something particularly where you don't, Quite know what the dosage is, you should, and you are taking multiple drugs, make certain that there is no drug
1: drug interaction. Absolutely, Callie. That's something that your doctor, your prescriber should be doing routinely when they prescribe a medicine. There are programs that you can use to easily check the potential for drug drug interactions. Your pharmacist also has the ability to do that. But you're absolutely right. I think one thing that we need to mention with CBD is that people are expecting major results from it and major effects that they are uh, also expecting from their medication. So if we're going to treat it like a medication that would be prescribed to us, then we also need to take the caution that we would with those medications and think about things like the side effects, think about potential drug-drug interactions and other potential side effects. All right, Malika, I'm coming back to you about, Dr. Hill says people are
0: suffering. What's your assessment about why there is more interest in the use of CBD products now?
2: I I totally agree. I think think wellness in general has moved from a nice-to-have to to a must-have, and with everything that's going on in our world and in our homes, I think people are just looking for stress solutions and solutions for all sorts of things that that we're paying closer attention to than ever before. On the second part of um, Dr. Hill's um, note, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think that this has to be taken into consideration in terms of your overall plan for wellness and your overall plan for your health. And it is not a cure-all solution in terms of Healing everything. And that's one of the problems that we've seen with some bad actors in the industry um, in terms of false promises and claims and those sorts of things. And so that is why, you know, when you do purchase CBD or, you know, start your journey into CBD in general, you want to make sure that you're dealing with a reputable company who has the things like the lab party testing and, um, you know, education and is there also to answer questions because, you know, it, it can get confusing. And I understand that.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is an encore edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. Last year, we spoke with Dr. Kevin Hill, an addiction psychiatrist, director of the Division of Addiction Psychiatry at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, an associate professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, and Malika Jones, the co-founder of Brown Girl Jane, a black woman-owned company that offers broad-spectrum CBD products, We discuss the growing popularity of CBD, not only for recreational use, but also as a health remedy, commonly used for pain and anxiety. Now, let's take a listen to some of the people who are out in the public vocally speaking about their experiences uh, with CBD. I'm going to start with former New England Patriot-turned-Tampa Bay Buccaneer Rob Gronkowski, who first saw how CBD helped his dad with pain.
2: I immediately made CBD medic part of my recovery. And now for the first time in more than a decade, I am pain free. And that is a big deal. I'm here today to appeal to the sports governing bodies of the world to update their position on CBD, whether that's the NBA, MLB, or NFL. It's just time.
0: Now, Dr. Hill, um, I know at one point, or maybe you are now, uh, you advise sports teams, and I would imagine a part of that has to do with uh, pain management, perhaps also anxiety management. What do you say to Rob Gronkowski's, uh enthusiastic support? We should also note, I believe that he's started a CBD business. Uh, continue.
1: <laughs> well, Gronk, Gronk should rest assured that uh, pro sports leagues are taking this very seriously, and they are uh, taking a hard look at cannabidiol and other cannabinoids, including the NFL. The NFL actually has funded some research into this. And so there are rigorous studies that will be underway soon by top researchers in this country and Canada to really answer the question of whether or not CBD is going to be an effective treatment for pain. So hopefully uh, Gronk will, will be happy to hear that.
0: Well, what do you think right now? We're in the gray area. What's your
1: assessment now? Well, I think that professional athletes need to be careful about the products that they use. As we alluded to earlier, the purity and potency are issues with CBD and players are responsible for uh, the products that they consume. And there have been, unfortunately, some cases where players have been suspended for using CBD products that also contain THC in those leagues where testing is still in play. So they have to be cautious. Uh, athletes, just like the general public, have medical resources available to them. And I would encourage everyone to keep open lines of communication with their healthcare professionals and collaborate with them and talk to them about CBD if you think that it might be helpful for you.
0: Um, Now, uh, as Malika said earlier, people first found her company, Brown Girl Jane, because of stress relief. And I know that there are studies going on right now about reducing anxiety in people with a history of heroin addiction, and that's your wheelhouse. So where are you on that, Dr. Hill?
1: I think there is potential for uh, cannabidiol as a medication for anxiety. So I have... Multiple patients that I've treated with CBD. I wouldn't call it a first or second line treatment for anxiety. And as you mentioned, for people who have opioid use disorder, there's been some groundbreaking research out of Mount Sinai in New York City. Uh, Dr. Yasmin Hurd is one of the leaders in the field, and she's had multiple studies that have shown promise for CBD as a medication that could dampen some of the responses to triggers that patients with opioid use disorder experience. So so I think there's a lot of promise there. I think it's a bit early to suggest that all patients with addiction should be taking it, for example, but I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about the work that Dr. Hurd and others are doing around the country.
0: So, Malaika, somebody comes to your company page and says, "Okay, I'm going to start. I've decided I want to try this. And they ask a question about how they should start, because we've had the discussion about there's no definitive at this moment how much dosage, how many times, whatever. I'm curious what you would say. I should say, uh, by way of of full disclosure, my uh, physical therapist suggested that I take some for a sore shoulder I'm completely paranoid about any medication including aspirin so that's where I'm coming from. So I resisted and then I tried a little bit of it and I try it every now and then it seems to relieve the soreness for me the pain. But I put so little on and I you know I'm I'm sure this might be placebo effect I'll I'll admit but it, it works a little bit for me. So I'm curious about what happens when people come to you.
2: Yeah, I, it depends why they're coming. So you know, as, you, as you just spoke about, if they're coming about um, topical pain, then I, I think it's pretty safe. And, and we found you know, great, great success with our topicals and our, our body butters and those sorts of things. If they're talking about anxiety and stress and they want something to be ingested, we always say, you know go low and slow. And so, you know, that's starting from, you know, 10 to 20 milligrams um, and then building up depending on how your body feels. Because the truth is, I think with CBD, like other supplements, each person is going to have a slightly different response. And, and there is no, as Dr. Hill spoke about, there, there is a lot of research that has been done, but there's even more that needs to be done. And, um, you know, lots of factors including height, weight. Um, et cetera, have to come into play. So it's something that does require a bit of experimentation. There's not a one size fits all approach, which is why we we say low and slow.
0: Now, you have a variety of products, but I don't think I noticed on your site that you're putting it in lattes to begin with, which some people are. Um, <laughs> um, is that effective? I mean, what is? what's your take on that?
2: Yes, yeah, so so, so we suggest um, dropping it under, under your tongue for for the highest amount of absorption. Um, but yes, you can put it in different forms and and we recognize, particularly in wellness and with supplements, that there is not a one-size fits all approach even to how you take it. And so, um, knowing that you know the the highest absorption is going to happen under your tongue, um you can also put it in, in your latte. It will decrease the effect for sure, but it is an entry point for lots of people who are who are new to tinctures and, and those sorts of delivery
0: systems. So you've both issued a note of caution. You know, people go slow, low and slow. As Malika has said, uh, Dr. Hill, people need to be aware that, you know, this is just not something you can uh, kind of play with uh, because we don't know what the dosage is. You don't call it harmless because um, I think a lot of people would listen to this and say, well... It's not going to really hurt me, um, assuming I'm not taking the dosage level that is in the uh, FDA-approved product. I might as well try it. Dr. Hill, how do you respond to that?
1: It's not harmless. It's far from it. And, And I would urge caution, as you mentioned. I think that the initial question is, is this the best choice for me for whatever medical issue I'm trying to treat? If it is, and you determine that with your doctor or your nurse practitioner. If it is, then I think you should do it under the supervision of a medical professional, just because there are potential side effects that may come up. You know, should you have your liver function test done at the outset of you starting a trial of CBD? I think that's a reasonable question to ask. Will it interact with medications that you're taking now or that you may be taking in the future? So all of this is best done in collaboration with your doctor or nurse practitioner.
0: But we're way far from the time where people might have heard it and say, no, 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 it's a horrible thing. You know, um, there there are great possibilities here and more research to be done. We should mention that. There probably would be more research, but it was considered... uh, Illegal until 2018, so researchers are catching up with that kind of uh, work now. and others, as you know, as we've just discussed, are, are trying it out in, in small doses. Malika, how do you address the you know, be cautious, be careful. this is not exactly harmless. You need to take this as you would if you're you know being careful about your health.
2: So So I think that that blanket statement is probably true for all supplements. Um, you do want to make sure that you've spoken to a medical professional, etc. cetera. The research that we have seen has shown that the, the, the vast majority of, of folks tolerate CBD pretty well and that it looks to be safe. You know, that that is our take on it. Of course, again, more research needs to be done. But um, the side effects that we have seen, even when they do occur, have been mild. So, you know, you are talking nausea or fatigue or those sorts of things for people who don't have other very unique conditions.
0: If I were to uh, have the same conversation with the both of you in about a year, are we going to be in a different place, uh, do you think, Malika, in terms of both usage and understanding and perhaps even more acceptance by even the fuddy duddies like myself?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think you know, to what we've both said is that there is, you know, exciting research happening right now. And on the brand side and on the medical side, I think both communities are really um, enthusiastic about just getting our hands around more data about all of the possibilities that this wonderful compound can do and, um, you know, things to, to watch for, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that is really exciting to, to um, consider. And now it's a household name so I think people are becoming more comfortable and really understanding what it is and what it's not and in particular what the differences between CBd and um, you know some of the intoxicating um, parts of the plant like THC which I think you know for for a long time have always been lumped together so I think it's very promising and we are super excited um, at Brownville Jane to see where we are in a year because I think some very um important developments are going to take place.
0: Same question to you, Dr. Hill, but I would also add this. You know, there was a. T- I remember distinctly doing uh, stories about THC. That's not what we're talking about here, people, but the, the other chemical that does make you high. And, you know, there was real strong pushback from the medical community about any effectiveness that it could have with uh, certain kinds of uh, medical conditions. And of course, that changed. I also remember reporting on Eastern medicine and the use of uh, plant therapy, and that was a big pushback in the traditional medical community. But all of that has changed. There's a lot more openness, it seems to me. So I ask you the same question about a year from now, but with Keeping some of that in mind, do you think we'll be in a different place? Are you you and and your fellow medical folks will be in a different place?
1: I think we will be. I, I'm optimistic about where we'll be in a year. I know that there is rigorous research going on. I think overall, I have worried that the rate and scale of research related to all cannabinoids, not just CBD, has not kept pace with the interest. and I wish that there were more parties, more stakeholders who were contributing to the science. But I know that there are people who are doing the science and and are very interested in, in finding out some of the answers to the questions that we've been talking about today. So I do believe that we'll be in a better place. How much better? It's hard to say, but I am optimistic that we'll be in a better position than we are today.
0: Well, thank you both for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me. This was wonderful.
1: Thanks for having me,
0: Callie. Dr. Kevin Hill is an addiction psychiatrist, director of the Division of Addiction Psychiatry at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, and associate professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. He is also the author of Marijuana, The Unbiased Truth About the World's Most Popular Weed. Malika Jones is the co-founder of Brown Girl Jane, a black woman-owned company that offers broad-spectrum CBD products. She was named one of the most powerful women of 2020 by Entrepreneur Magazine. That's it for this week's encore edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. Listen to us online at GBH News or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date with our programming. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of GBH, produced by Jesse Steinmetz and Hannah Jubilee, with help from Vanessa Handy and engineered by Dave Goodman. Our intern is Miriam Hadara. Our theme music is Fish and Chips by We Are Two Saxies, Grace Kelly and Leo P. Listen again on Thursday and see you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday for a new episode. I'm Callie Crossley. Thanks for listening.